Here we go on a Monday. March Madness is upon us. Oh, what a great, what a great time of year. And March Madness, by the way, with a lot of fans and very few masks. It's Ed, Tyler, and Danny in uh, charge today. What's going on, man? Can I hear you? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, perfect. Boy, Look at talk- that. clean feed is a clean feed this morning. Wow. Gosh. I Listen, all these people trying to steal the thunder from March Madness need to go away. Like, what are you doing, Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom get out Brady. Of How about like, that? Baseball free agency. Get get out of here. Golden Knights, like, finding themselves out of the playoff picture. Just go away for, like, a well, couple months. Hold on a second. They might go away for a couple months. <laughs> That's they true. Go- That's they true. might be going away for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's selection Sunday. It's the NCAA tournament. Stop trying to steal the thunder because we're still talking college basketball. I was still uh still disappointed. We'll get to Brady, but that guy he could have waited one day. Come on, <laughs> he's coming back. Who, he, couldn't he have waited till Monday? Wouldn't someone remind him what day it is? Or does he is he so kind of into himself and his own little world? He I, what are the odds? Let me ask you this before we get to the first right. What are the odds he didn't even realize it was selection Sunday? Like seriously, I, I'm being serious. Like that guy. Is so into himself. Like, what are the odds he didn't even realize it at, until afterwards? 75%. Yes. Yeah. I'm betting college basketball does not even move the meter for Tom Brady at any point in his life. No. No. Could be higher. Can't find a TV in that big house. Here we go. <laughs> the first bite. Who is going to the final four? Oh, did you already, already fill out your bracket? Yes, no, come on. No, you didn't fill it out already? I haven't filled it Jeez. out yet. I haven't filled it out yet. I'm going to do that. Uh, I got to do that for my bracket thing tonight or tomorrow. Listen, listen. You got to sit down with the, the same night the bracket comes out and just blow through it. That way you don't overthink it. Well, that's true. I overthink everything. So you're exactly right. You've already filled out yours? Oh, absolutely. That really? That has become my new strategy is just to blow through it quickly with a little bit of thought and then and then don't 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 touch it again. That way I don't overthink anything. Okay. All right. It's great. So you got it's your great. four? I got my four. You want my four right now? You got your you might as well give your four because I'm looking at the bracket right now and I gotta come up with four really quick. <laughs> so uh, All right. What all right, here's here's the easy one for you. Gonzaga's in the final four. Okay. Uh I have Kentucky coming oh, out of the east. Good good pick. Uh I have Arizona coming out of the south. And I have the Iowa Hawkeyes coming out of the Midwest. Okay. All right. There is your final four from me. And uh, unfortunately for you, Ed, I have Baylor going out in the Sweet 16 to UCLA. Okay. Yeah, they're hurt. I, I could see that. I, I could see that. I'm not going to pick. Uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to fl- fly the flag for two rounds and then probably fly the get flag. That, and then get that damn thing out of there. <laughs> All right. Just off the top of the head, I'll go Gonzaga. I do like Kentucky, so I'll take Kentucky. Um, I'll go weirdly here in the uh, in the South and take. Uh, Villanova, and then I don't, and let me see, Kansas is the one, Auburn's a two, I don't like them, who's the three? Wisconsin. I don't like them, who's the four, Providence, all right, Kansas, I got, <laughs> I got to the fourth, I got to the fourth, uh, I got to the fourth seed, and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be on that, so I'll go, um, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, Kansas, um, a lot, did you, I know he didn't play in the, um, in the, T-Mobile in the in the championship. How, how much will it hurt if Arizona's point guard doesn't come back? Although at the, I saw everyone on TV, man, Arizona was a really popular pick, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna hurt, and I think their region's fairly tough. I mean Tennessee and Villanova is a pretty good two and three seed. Granted, they would have to get to the Elite Eight to play one of those. Uh, but you look at Houston in the Sweet Sixteen. Here here's the fascinating part. I am very curious to see Houston yes. and Iowa. 
as two teams that are five seeds that I think got uh, massively underseeded because Houston this year, they don't have any big wins, right? Uh, they're like best wins are SMU and Memphis, right? They, that's it. They beat one NCAA tournament team, and that's Memphis. But their analytics are incredible. I mean, they're, they're top. Aren't they like they're, two in the net? Yeah, and they're fourth in Ken Palm. Like, they yeah. are a top five team in the country by Ken Palm, but it's largely built on blowing out average to bad teams. Like, they beat average to bad teams by more than expected the entirety of the season. And so that's they're fascinating to look at because if that translate, if beating average to bad teams by five and ten points more than expected the entire year, if that translates, they're going to the final four. I mean, they they are absolutely underseeded as a five, should be like a two, mm-hmm. and that's a brutal Sweet Sixteen matchup for Arizona. Iowa's interesting to me because if you believe in offense. Iowa's going to the Final Four, and I put them there, so I believe in offense. They're number two in Ken Palm offense this year. Only Gonzaga has a more efficient offense than Iowa does this season. And their defense isn't very good. It's not particularly special. Um, but if you believe in offense, Kansas in the Sweet 16, I think the be- I think the two best teams in that region are Kansas and Iowa, and they're probably meeting in the Sweet 16. And so those are the two teams I'm fascinated to see. Those are the two non-top two or three seeds that I really considered, do I put them in the Final Four? And I picked one of them, Iowa, to go there. But those are the two that jump out to me as probably underseeded and are brutal Sweet 16 matchups for the one seed in their yeah. regions. And once again, if SMU was one out, like I didn't have problems. I know Wyoming got in. That was good for the Mountain West. Uh, I rarely have problems with the last or the first four out. It just comes down to the seeding. Like, right. there's so many questions on the seeding process. Um, and I can't remember because it's been a while ago, but I was able to do that mock draft in Indianapolis a while back and went through the scrubbing of everyone and then the seeding. And I didn't think it was as egregious as some of these seeds I see each year. Um, and I just wonder, I wonder, because you're, you're showing to the metrics, supposedly they use the metrics, um, supposedly. But you they, see some of these, see, yeah, you see some of these, <laughs> yeah, exactly, when they want to. So you see some of these seeds, and you're like, what metrics? Like, Houston's a great example. I mean, they're as athletic as heck. Uh, as a five-seed Houston, that kind of stood out to me as well. Um, we'll get into the Mountain West because I think some of those seeds were off-seeded. But that's really the only problem I have. I don't, I don't have a lot of problems each year, and you're probably the same. We're like, oh, you know, because everyone in the first four outs is going to have warts, right? They're all going right. to have something where, like, right. all right, I, I get that. They didn't they didn't have quad one wins or this, you know, Oklahoma didn't have a lot of quad one wins and all that. But then you, like, open your eyes at some of the seeds. You're like, boy, how did you get to that number given net, which supposedly is your rankings, it's the NCAA rankings, Ken Palm would be next and, and others. And that's kind of what I have most problems with. I don't usually have problems with teams that don't make it. The the biggest sort of gripe in terms of seeding, I think, is if you compare Tennessee and Duke. Uh, Bart Torvik tweeted out the all, all the all the metrics that the selection committee uses. Tennessee is higher than Duke in Ken Palm. They're higher than Duke in net. They're higher than Duke in BPI. They're higher than Duke in Sagarin. They're higher than Duke in strength of record. They have more quad one wins. They have uh, a better quad two record. Uh, if you combine quad one and quad two, better record. Uh, they do not have a quad three or quad four loss. Duke has a quad three loss. There is literally nothing, none of the metrics they look at between Tennessee and Duke that would suggest 
Duke is better at basketball than Tennessee. Duke got a two seed. Tennessee yeah. got a three seed. How can Tennessee expect to beat David Roddy in the second round? <laughs> this is, you know, I mean, I get, if Tennessee wants to beat David Roddy, all they need to do is put on two clips. <laughs> and we know which clips those are against the Mighty Rebels. If you just put on those two clips, Tennessee's going to roll into the Sweet 16. They, do they need a David Mwaka one-game transfer to come yes, shut yes, down exactly. David Roddy shut somehow? Shut down David Roddy, exactly. All right. Let's let's do the Mountain West here real quick. They got four teams in. Colorado yeah. State's in as a six. San Diego State and Boise State, both eight seeds. Wyoming, 12 seed in the play-in. They were the last at-large team in the NCAA tournament. Uh, let's start here with the Colorado State seeding. Were you surprised that they got a six while San Diego State and Boise State got an eight? Well, I was surprised that they got a six and Boise State got an eight. Although San Diego State actually had, I think they were good in net and Ken Palm as well. Um, yeah. But... You know, they, they, I I wasn't as – I thought San Diego State would be in the 8-9 line, uh, and I'm not uh, hello, whiner Leon Rice at every call he's ever seen, but I was surprised that they got two seed lines above Boise State uh, after winning the conference championship and after winning the tournament. I thought Boise State got jobbed a little there. If, if, you're, if you're just comparing them to Colorado State, yeah, I haven't compared them much to other 8-9s or 6s or anything like that, but it, when that came up, when Colorado State got a 6, I'm like, whoa, what's Boise State going to get? Because Colorado State was fin- came on the bracket first, and then when Boise got an 8, I'm like, you know, if I'm Boise, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on just a second. What does is, <laughs> what is winning the conference championship in the tournament mean? May, I, right. And maybe it doesn't mean a lot. I, I'm not in the yeah. room. The Well, winning your conference tournament doesn't matter no. anything at all. No. Um, I, except for getting an, uh, the automatic spot. I think, I actually, the, to me, the bigger complaint is less about Boise State's actual seed and more about their matchup. Memphis is really good. Yep, they're good. Like, Memphis is top 30 in Ken Palm. So is Boise State, by the way. And then, if you win that, you're getting Gonzaga. Like, they got, they, they have a terrible matchup. Boise State went from, like, hey, they could make a run to the Sweet 16 if they get the right matchups to, wow, they are probably not going to win either game uh, if they got to play them there. Whereas Colorado State, yeah, it's Michigan and Tennessee, but I think it's a much more likely path that Colorado State were to have any sort of run there. So I I think they messed up the seeding on the Mountain West teams, but I don't think it's too terrible. Like, I would have rather seen Boise State as a six, but also if you look at the, the actual seeding, like when they put them one through 68, Colorado State's only like... Colorado State was like the worst six, and... Uh, Boise State and San Diego State were like the best eights. And there's only like five or six teams right. that are actually between them. So I don't have a huge issue with that other than Boise State kind of got screwed by the actual matchups here. Do you think any of the Mountain West teams go far? I think San Diego State can win a game. Colorado State can win a game. I watched Michigan earlier three or four times and I watched them blow the lead. I'm not saying they will, uh, but I think Colorado State does some things. Colorado State runs about 1,000 plays. So Michigan on the prep is going to have a little problem. I, I know a couple of coaches in the league on Colorado State goes, this is just going to be our, our actions against them. We can't, we can't, they run so much, it's, it's impossible to prep for them totally. So that might help Colorado State. And then Boise, man, that is an athletic team they're facing. That is an athletic team they're facing. So I think I'm going to say two first-round wins, and then they'll all be out. I only have one. I have San Diego State winning against Creighton, okay. and that's it. And okay. and Wyoming might Wyoming might well be Wyoming in the I'm end. sorry yeah Wyoming might yeah. be in the end but whatever I don't think any one of them are going to the Sweet 16 um, and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if the Mountain West went over in the NCAA oh no tournament. I wouldn't be surprised no wouldn't and be surprised. I I do have one other complaint the selection committee they seem to do this every year but Boise State and Memphis two mid majors had pretty good yep. seasons 
playing against each other. Oh, San Francisco, San Murray State. San Diego State and Creighton. Yep. Two good majors uh, playing against each other. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, why are we, why are we just pitting the decent mid-majors mm-hmm. against each other? Like, the other 7, 10, and 8, 9 matchups, USC-Miami could have given them that. Michigan State's in one. Ohio State's in one. Seton Hall-TCU. Like, come on. Do we, do we really need to put all of the decent mid-majors against each other? And then in the 8-9 line as well, so they have no chance at a Sweet 16? Like, come on. No, and, and they'll, which I totally disagree with, they'll, they'll swear to the end that they don't do that. But I, I'm sorry, I, I just don't believe that. It just happens every year on some of these close lines where they have the two mid-majors in there and they're getting rid of them as quickly as possible. And you can't do All it right. with Gonzaga because they're a major program anyway. Right. They're from yes, a mid-major they're... league, which is a major program. They've been the number one overall seed two years years in a row. They're really good. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some hockey because are the Golden Knights, they're actually going to do this? Are they actually going to miss the playoffs this year? It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. The Golden Knights lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday. Six to four. They finally scored some goals, but Logan Thompson gave up five. They also gave up an empty netter there at the end. Uh, but an 18 year old named Cole Sillinger had a hat trick against the Golden Knights. Uh, Cole Sillinger had eight goals in 56 career games before Sunday. Now he has 11 in 57. And the Golden Knights are 0 4 and 0 on their road trip. They got one more in Winnipeg, but 0 4 and 0 losing to Philadelphia. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Of those four teams, only one is in a playoff spot, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The other three, not in a playoff spot. But yet, the Golden Knights have not picked up a point yet. Um, here's the the here's what's become a real question. Um, Dom Lecision of The Athletic, he has his daily playoff percentages that are updated. The Golden Knights' chances to make the playoffs have fallen from over 80% last Monday to right now they have a 56% chance to make the playoffs. Do you believe this hey, team better than average? Playoffs? Better than average? Yes, Is that what we're okay? Optimistic. Yeah. Good, Look good at for you. them. Look at good for them. They're still in the uh, better than average category. <laughs> I still think they find a way to make it. I still think they find a way to make it. I really do. The, it the is, fact, the fact, and you know, despite the uh, teams below have games in hand and all that, I still think they're going to make it. So right now in the Pacific, the Edmonton Oilers and the Golden Knights both have sixty-eight points for the that would be tied for the third spot. But the Oilers have played two fewer games than the Golden Knights, so the Oilers have a chance to add some points to that tie there. The Golden Knights. Uh, are currently the second wildcard team, the last team in the playoffs. They are one point ahead of Dallas. However, they've played four more games than the Dallas Stars. And presumably, barring an 0-4-0 oh, threat from the Stars here, the Stars are going to pick up a couple of points in four games and would have them jump ahead of the Golden Knights. By point percentage, the Golden Knights have the ninth best record in the West. And by the way, they play Winnipeg to wrap up this road trip. Winnipeg's only four points back. If Winnipeg beats the Golden Knights, all of a sudden the Winnipeg Jets are two points behind the Golden Knights in the playoff race here. I still think they're going to make it simply because the teams we're talking about here aren't that good. Right. Like, like, 
Dallas Edmonton? is fine, right? But like Edmonton, Winnipeg, uh, right? Like I just I don't believe these other teams are good enough that they're good. like none of these teams are likely to go on a stretch where they win eleven of thirteen games, right? Obviously, if Edmonton did that, Golden Knights don't have a chance at catching them. But I don't think that happens, and I also don't believe the Golden Knights are going to keep losing every single game they play. Uh, eventually, they're going to win some games right i assume that's going to happen but it is a genuine conversation and it's gotten to the point where it is possible that if the golden knights don't i mean the golden knights at some point are going to have to go on like a, hey they won six of seven right, right? they're going right. to have to do that here in the final 20-ish games at least once i still think they will but we're getting to a point where it's like oh okay you're kind of running out of time to go on any sort of hot two-week stretch to sort of put you for sure into the playoffs what you're saying is they're not the kings <laughs> that's exactly what you're saying i knew that's what you're saying uh logan thompson yesterday gives up the five i'm i was thinking about this in the way i'm fascinated to see what they do at the deadline i want to see what they do at deadline i mean the last last report we got on robin leonard was he was on crutches uh, but I don't think they've put him on LTIR. I don't think they have. They put him in injured reserve at all. I don't uh, think he's, he, he's not on long term IR okay. yet. I don't think he's on regular. I don't think, IR I don't think Riley Smith is either. But so, they're out. Yeah. Um, this is more than any season because in the past seasons you knew they'd make the playoffs and you know the the rumors were they're going to get a huge name and they usually got a huge name. This time though, I'm fascinated to see if they, especially if they keep losing. Let's say they drop it to Winnipeg and come home. Um, I know they play the Kings on Thursday, but they've got games before that. Uh, excuse me, Saturday. I know they play them on Saturday. Uh, games before that this week. I'm fascinated to see what they do at the deadline, whether it be goalie, whether it be add someone at the blue line or up front. I can't, I can't wait to see that. Like I'm more interested in the – because what you're saying, they could miss the playoffs. So I'm far more interested in what McPhee and McCrimmon think they need uh, to get them over the hump and, and to get them in. So let me ask you this. Should they still be all in to win the Stanley Cup this year, or should they be sitting back saying we got a fifty-six well, percent chance to make the playoffs? We are not a Stanley Cup contender. We do not need to go all in right now to make the uh, to make the playoffs or win the Stanley Cup anymore. I sort of liken them to Davis, where they could they should probably do the latter, but they'll believe the former. Like I liken them, especially their owner. Yeah, that he is telling them we're all in to win the Stanley Cup. I I, I think we have two owners in town who make mistakes based on their heart more than their mind when it comes to how good their teams are and what they really should be doing for the future and not the present. So given who their owner is, I think they still believe, oh, and, and again, oh, it's injuries. We get everyone back. We get everyone back. We're going to be fine. Like, that's how I think they believe and what they think. I'm not so sure that's what they should be doing, but I think that's how they think. So to answer your question, I think they're going to be all in to win the Stanley Cup, at least in their own minds. I don't know if they can do it. Well, this team right now can't do it, obviously. But in their own minds, that they'll be all in to win the Stanley Cup. Do you think they they really, and I know Foley's putting pressure on there, but do you think that like McPhee and McCrimmon are still sitting there thinking, you know what, if we get healthy, we can win the Cup? Like, Do you think that do. the front office genuinely believes that about this I, team? I genuinely think McPhee does. And whether it's me and McCrimmon don't want to admit, you know, this is the team they put together. And eventually, we talked about this last week, it's everyone on Twitter, fire DeBoer, fire DeBoer. When does this come back on McPhee and McCrimmon? Like, I I never see any of that. It's always fire the coach. You're just going to keep firing coaches around here. Eventually, it doesn't have to come back on the people who built the team? Yeah, 100%. Um, 
right now, according to the Athletics uh, playoff odds here, Golden Knights have a 3% chance to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So if in if all of a sudden, you know, they're close to healthy, does that go up to 5%? Like I just Yeah, well, how me, far can that really like, go up? Right. It's like I have a hard time seeing that percent to win the Stanley Cup getting above 5. Getting to a point where like at the top right now, Colorado's 24, which is absurd. But like Florida's 12, Calgary's 12, you got Toronto at 9, Carolina at 8, Tampa at 8. Like anybody that's sort of in that above 5% range, you're probably thinking, okay, we, we, we've we got a legitimate shot at this. We should go for it. But if you're at 3% and if you're like, well, if we get healthy, we're at 5%. Like, I I just, I think it would be irresponsible for them to give up any future assets to try to make this year's mm-hmm. team better. Now, the interesting part for the Golden Knights is that this whole health conversation that we've had over and over this season I think you can legitimately have it about next year's team. I think you can look and say, okay, next year we have a core. Whoever you want that core to be, there is a core in place that next year's team is absolutely a contender. And maybe that should be the priority of this deadline is how do they make next season's team the best possible version? So if that means trading away Riley Smith for some sort of asset that's cheaper or a draft pick or whatever because he's an unrestricted free agent – you do it, right? If that means getting rid of guys that could help you win now but aren't going to help you win next season, then that's probably, I think, the best course of action. But we have never seen this organization act that way. They've like never said, done that. Foley, They've never acted for the future, ever. Yeah, it's always been, right now, this season, we can win the Stanley Cup. Let's do it. And this is probably the first time we've looked at a Golden Knights team and said, eh, they probably can't win it. Right. They're probably not good enough to actually do this. And by the way, I do need to give a shout out here. Chandler Stevenson with this quote. Oh, I'm sick quote. of it. Everybody is sick of it. Everybody needs to dig deeper, grab their nuts and work. Yes. <laughs> it's what we say here in the press box every morning. I told Danny when I came in, I said, Danny, grab our nuts. We got to go to work. Come on. Let's go. We got some open doors to cut. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we're going to hear from the Raiders' new near $100 million man, Max Crosby. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. The Raiders locked up Max Crosby, a long-term extension, almost $100 million. And on Friday, Q, Raider Nation Radio, and Damon caught up with Max Crosby. So take a listen. Right now, without further ado, on the phone lines is the newly extended Raiders defensive end, Mad Max Crosby. And Max, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Congratulations, my man. How how does it feel and has it sunk in yet? Hey, well, thank you guys for having me on. It means a lot. And, you know, obviously it's, it's an incredible blessing, man. Uh, you know, just countless hours um, putting in work, working on my game, myself as a human, um, off the field as well. You know, everything tied into it. Um, just constant sacrifice and the people around me, um, from my agents to my parents to my my brothers, my my fiance, everybody you know involved has, has played a part in you know getting here today. So um, I gotta gotta respect them and show them their respect. So it means the world, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And it's funny we spent the whole like first thirty minutes of the show, people calling in, talking about you, you know, giving you your flowers and everything. And someone brought up that preseason game where you broke your hand, and then you know you're a fourth round pick at that time, and, and you're like, oh my god, I. 
of the game. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the team if I don't if I don't get out in the game. So you went back and you taped up your hand and then got back into the game. What was going through your mind then, and what's going through your mind now? Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. Uh, that just kind of you know it just uh, that's my personality, you know. It's uh, you know I love playing the game of football. You know, there's nothing that would stop me if I could go. You know, if I if I if I could play, if I could run around and do what I can do to somewhat, you know, extent, I'm gonna do it. You know, and that's just um, it's a part of the game. So yeah, you know, everyone kind of made it a big deal, but for me, it was you know kind of that's my personality in general. But you know, it's just incredible. You know, I I love playing this game. I do it for my teammates. I do it for everybody around me um, to try to make us the best team we could possibly be. So um, the Raiders, you know, they did an incredible job. Um, they helped. They, they did awesome, you know, during this process. I've had so many great coaches that have helped me get here, um, and it just means the world, man. Talking right now with Max Crosby here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, I heard you earlier on the Zoom call talking about your conversation with Patrick Graham, and you were a little concerned at first because you didn't know how he was going to use you. But what we heard from him earlier today sounded really positive. How is those conversations you've had with him, how, how does it make you feel like he's going to be using you? Yeah, you know, he, all of our, all of our conversations have been awesome. You know, he's a he's a great coach. Um, he's a great dude, and you know, obviously, you know, we have the similar, um, you know, intentions of what they want to do with me. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a defensive end. I want to go out there and, and disrupt the game as as much as I can, and I truly believe he's going to put me in the best position to do that. Um, we've had a ton of conversations. We've sat down and um, you know gone over a lot of things. So. Um, you know, I, I can't wait. You know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity and just continuing to grow and go on the right path. All right, Max, we know you are one of those guys who's always at the facility there probably before the sun even comes up. <laughs> but what was that drive like today heading into the facility, knowing that the announcement of this big contract extension was going? Because I'd be like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I was, you know, I was there typical 630 in the morning. I uh, got my workout in and uh I was done around 10, 1030, and uh, they had to go through, you know, the final, the language of the contract, do all that, you know, small little details. So I actually had to go back home, and then I got to chill for like 30, 30 minutes to an hour, and me and, me and my uh, fiancé were just relaxing, and then finally getting to go back. We're like, all right, let's go. It's time. So, you know, the drive there, it was, it was awesome. You know, we just, you know, put on some good music and, and vibed <laughs> out. So we were, we were fired up, and, you know, it's just it's, it's just man for sure max what have you learned about yourself from high school to college to where you are now just what have you learned about the growth and who max crosby really is yeah you know i'm i know that i've learned that i'm a you know a work in progress you know there's always there's always room for growth and that's kind of just been my mentality you know uh hard work comes first um no matter what you know obviously there's always you know everybody has their own thing and i know what works for me um and in that formula so as far as, you know, as a human being, um, just being of service, helping other people out, um, going through similar situations I've gone through, um, that's, that's my main goal every day is, is give back um, and just be, be the best version of myself. So, it's, you know, it's, it's ironic. You know, this is my, my two-year sobriety date is today, mm -hmm. and, and I signed that extension. So it's just crazy how things work. Um, and just, you know, as, as a person, as a player, you know, I just – I try to lead by example every single day. I don't. I don't want to talk too much. Um, I don't need to post the videos um, of me working out. I just, you know, I, I lead by action, and that's that's kind of been, you know, my uh, my way of doing things, and and it's been working. So I've just continued to do the same thing this off season, 
and get better at every single day. You know, I saw earlier today when you tweeted out that 3-11-2020, you know, that was the date that you uh, first got, you know, started to get sober. What does it mean to you to be two years sober right now? Like, like you've gone a long way, and you know that there's still a long way ahead of you. Absolutely. You know, that's 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 the, the main thing from it. You know, it's, it's two years, which is incredible, but it's just the start of a, of a lifetime of sobriety, and that's, that's my ultimate goal, um, you know, as far as off the field. You know, that's just – I wouldn't be here today um, if I weren't sober for two years. If I was continuing to doing the things I would do, the things I was doing, I would either no longer be here, or you know, I have no idea, be in jail or whatever. You know, I was a, uh, you know, I I've came a long way, um, and I know I know what works for me and what doesn't. Um, and this life is a lot less stressful. Um, my mind is in a, a lot better place, um, but there's always room for growth, like I said, and. You know, it's just a blessing, man. Uh, without my sobriety, I wouldn't be here. That's as simple as that. And, you know, I just appreciate everybody around me that's helped me. Um, and it's just, you know, it means the world, man. I have great people around me that care about me and love me. Um, without them, you know, it would be impossible. Yeah, Max, we had fans call in, some local fans saying, hey, I've seen them here or I ran into them here. And we were talking, there's just nothing not to like about you. And there's an <laughs> aspect about you that everyone can like. You've got the sobriety, what you do for the animals, the underdog story of being a fourth-round pick. So what do you think that makes you such a fan favorite to people? You know, I, I just try to be the same guy every single day. Um, I know as a kid, you know, growing up, I, if I would have had the encounter with a – you know, had an encounter with a professional, um, you know, I would, I had an ideal way of what they would be like. Um, somebody that I would aspire to be like somebody that was awesome and easy to talk to and approachable. Um, and that's what I bring every day. Cause I still, at the end of the day, I have a childish love for the game of football and everything that's come my way. Um, has been an incredible blessing, but coach Marinelli always talks about it. Just having that childish love for the game. And that's not only on the field and in the weight room and in, meetings it's it's off the field you know i i'm grateful to be here um just on this planet so it's like you know i've i've seen a lot of people go the other way you know get some money and you know don't do anything with it or you know just feel like oh we made it now i got right. money like i just signed a major deal i don't i technically i don't have to do anything again but that's not my mentality my goals are much bigger um than money um i i have goals as a player um i want to be a hall of famer there's no that there's nothing in my way that, you know, in my opinion, that, that can stop me if I continue doing. So that's, you know, there's, the money is, is amazing. But Kobe, um, Kobe Bryant used to talk about it all the time, and it's one of my favorite quotes. And he said, shit, if, sorry, I can't cuss <laughs> about that. <laughs> oh, good. But he just, one of his best quotes, he's just talking about, you know, if you put in the work every single day and focus on the microscope and do everything you can to be the best person and player you can be in 24 hours um you're gonna make more money in your career than you'll ever know if you're chasing the money um you're most likely not ever going to be satisfied and you're not going to get to the level you want to so at the end of the day I don't, i'm not playing for money i'm not playing to chase money but i know if i do what i do every single day and continue to do it i'm gonna make more money than i could ever imagine so um yeah it's just putting in the reps putting uh, doing the reps Showing up every single day with a positive attitude and just being a positive light for, you know, everybody in my community, everybody in my family, my fiance, um, you know, everybody. So that's that's just kind of my approach on things.
And you're doing a hell of a job. And right now we're talking with Max Crosby. Max, we just got a couple more questions for you. Raider Nation loves you. What does it mean for you to be playing in front of Raider Nation, to be have that Raider tattoo on you, you know, just to be a Raider? How does that feel? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's a privilege. It's a privilege, man. Like it's one of these fan bases that you can't even explain unless you're really in the building. You know, people don't understand. You can go to Cleveland, Ohio, and you'll have a whole crowd of Raider fans. It's just it's it's completely different than what most fan bases are like. Um, it's one way or the other. There's no in between when it comes to Raider Nation. Um, you're either all in or all out, and that's that's been my mentality since the day I got in the building. Um, I want to be an example, you know, for everybody in Raider Nation. I want to be a representation of when you talk about all-time Raider greats and talk about what are the Raiders, they mention my name because I, I want to be a legend. I want to be somebody that, you know, does a lot of great things, not only, you know, on the field and things like that, but somebody that gives back to the community and, and helps in, in, in many ways. So that's, that's what, it, you know, part of being a Raider is, is that a commitment to excellence. And that's not just as a player. It's about being a great man and a great leader and a father um, and an example of somebody what, you know, somebody that you want to look up to. So that's my goal every single day. And, you know, Raider Nation, they know how I feel about them. I tatted, I got the tab before I ever made a sack or anything um, to show my dedication. And today was another example of my commitment to the, the, uh, to the fan base. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here for good. You know, I don't want to go anywhere. There's no other place I'd rather be. Um, and I'm just excited to keep continuing and, and, and getting better every single day and go win some championships. Hold on, I can't let you slide there. You said you got the tap before you got the sack. Is that, is that a bar right there? <laughs> that that, that might have been a bar. That might have been a bar. <laughs> Hold on. And then, like, you were talking about things that you love, and I know that you love the UFC. I do as well. So do you have a favorite fight? Because I just had to ask you that. Like, favorite fight? Oh, yeah, like UFC. Yeah, of all time. Like, you like, yo, this fight was incredible when you watched it. Ooh, that's tough. Um... I think Connor versus Nate too was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely up there. Um, I gotta say, oh, that's tough. We can um, go top three if you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can say top three. Um, I would say definitely Nate Connor too was incredible. Um, probably in person, I'll throw this in there just for the greatest knockout I've seen was Francis knocking out Alistair Overeem in Detroit. That was probably the craziest knockout I've ever seen. And then, uh, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to say uh, Cubs. I think it was Cub Swanson versus Duhoy Choi, one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. And people don't even talk about that one, but you got to watch it. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to search that one. <laughs> don't put yeah, me on to yeah. something. You got him. You know, I'm telling you the craziest thing you'll ever, your eyes will ever see. <laughs> nice, nice. We're definitely Googling it as we speak. Well, Max, we definitely appreciate your time. Before I let you go, I know you got the love for your dogs, man. Is there going to be a special dog celebration at the house tonight? Oh, yeah. They're getting all the treats. My dog <laughs> is my big boy. He's looking at me right now through the door, so. I got to go in and feed him. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Max, congratulations again, man. You're a hell of a, a dude, a hell of a player, stand-up uh, citizen here in the community. We appreciate you. Congratulations and thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. All right. Let's get to Tom Brady. Tweeted out yesterday, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field. 
and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa, unfinished business. Are you surprised Tom Brady unretired? No, I'm not surprised about this guy. He wants the spotlight. It wasn't enough to be in Ted 2, the movie, where he played a great part himself. <laughs> what? Um, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you know, he... Uh, you know who I you know who I feel really bad for today, and I'm sure you saw this. The bad beat of the of the absolute year was oh. the poor guy. A day before this happened, paid over a half a million dollars for what was supposed to be the final touchdown ball uh, of pass uh, the ball of his pass of uh, Tom Brady. Can you imagine that five hundred thousand plus for that football? Supposedly the last touchdown pass, and this guy the next day during March Madness of all times says, "I'm coming back." I. <laughs> I have no sympathy for that man. He spent <laughs> half a million dollars on a stupid football. Who cares if it was the All last right. touchdown pass? This is the guy who buys chickens career. and horses. Can he race his last <laughs> touchdown pass against Go another on, football? Have a little toss around with the kids, but you don't like kids. You're throwing around a half a million dollar football. Listen, if you've got you got a kidding listen, me? if you got a half a million dollars to pay for it, yeah, you probably are throwing around because you're probably worth millions of dollars. That is a stupid memorabilia. To buy that is dumb to spend half a million. Okay, on. Well, oh, it's what the last would be a good memorabilia through. for you to buy? Like what, an it, actual it, accomplishment. Who cares that he threw a touchdown pass and a loss in a playoff game? Give me a Super Bowl winning ball or something instead. Still not paying half a million for it, but that might be something worthwhile. But just the last touchdown of his career in a random playoff loss. Who cares? Half a million. I'm glad. Tom, I hope. I hope Tom Brady came back just because of that guy. I hope he saw that guy and said, you know what? You're an idiot. I'm Would you feel oh, better about Tom Brady if he cut the guy a check back? No, I, he should not cut the guy I'm just a saying, would back. you feel better no. about him? You wouldn't. If, no. he, if he said, hey, I would, Jimmy. I would feel, I would think Tom Brady was dumb. I would call Tom Brady an idiot if he wrote that guy a half a million well, I'm calling him an check. idiot for coming back during March Madness. Well, it's just inconsiderate. But I will say this. I need to take a victory lap because um, during uh, – Super Bowl week, or right after Super Bowl week, I um, said on this show that Tom Brady was going to come back because he was going to spend some time with his kids, realize they suck, <laughs> okay. and be okay. like, all right, Pump let's the get brakes. back to football. Pump the brakes, the kids suck. How, how long did Brady make it? Did he make it a month having to look after those kids? Did he make it a month? <laughs> well, I don't know if he looks after them. They're pretty old now. I think they look after themselves. Uh I thought you'd be excited because he went to a Man City game with his boys over the weekend. Or I don't know if it was over the weekend, but he, he recently went to a, I think, Man City game with his Man United. His, yeah. Man United with his two sons. He saw Ronaldo score yeah. a hat trick and beat Tottenham. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, whatever. He took his sons over there, realized, oh, these kids suck. I don't okay. want to spend this time with them. Okay. He had to take care of them on a plane over to England. He was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he, he wasn't flying Southwest, this guy. Believe me. He, he still had to sit next to him. Maybe he might have been in one of those uh, pods where you can sleep the whole time. Yeah, one of that's them what, probably like that's what blew their people do. Listen, one of them probably blew their nose all over like his hand and then touched oh, Tom Brady, and he was god. like, "Oh my god, get this thing away from me!" But he's like, "All right, I'm I'm going back." Are they flying commercial or is he is he chartering a? Oh, he's jet chartering. For that? He's chartering. There's no Listen, chance that guy was on fly, uh, on commercial. If he was smart, he'd charter and throw his kids on Southwest <laughs> over the Atlantic. <laughs> right. Say, this, get out of this here. absolutely just negativity towards children is amazing. Why else is Tom Brady coming back after a month of being retired? His ego. 
He's no. got a huge. He's got Here's a huge ego. What else is he gonna do with that? He could have waited. He could have waited. He could have missed some of the off-season training stuff that nobody wants to go to, right? No. He could have stayed retired. He could have come back in like July. As and much been as ready this weirdo to loves to work out, he's like completely different from people. Water, green stuff all the time. Even that, more what is, to what be is away this guy do except work out? He could do he could do all that away from the team. It's not like the, the Bucks aren't telling him what to do. He can do whatever the hell he wants, whether I just think he's it's on his the team ego. or not. I think it's his ego. I really yeah, I really yeah. I really do. It's 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 his complete ego that he can and let's be honest, he's able to do this. He'll come back and be fine. What's he, forty three now? He'd be forty three, forty four. Um, you know, one of the few people who could ever do that. So I just I don't know. I don't think it was his kids. You think it was his kids. I just think he's sitting around <laughs> saying, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going to prove everyone wrong again. And he's not. Here's the other thing. I don't think he's proven anyone wrong because I think he's going to come back and be great. Can can we talk about the unfinished business part of his tweet? What unfinished what finish, business? Uh, how, how, many, how many rings does this guy need? <laughs> what? The next one would be number eight? There is not a single person that thinks Tom Brady is not the greatest player in the no. history of this sport. There is like... What unfinished business? Like, is he mad that Cooper Cup beat him? Like, wh- who is he mad at? What uh, what business is well, there left to be done? And it would be unfinished, unfinished business if, in fact, he had never won with Tampa since going there. Yeah, like if they had it's lost like, the yeah, NFC like, title right. game or whatever. Yeah. I was supposed no. to come here. I was supposed to win a ring, and I never did. But he did. <sighs> this guy. This guy hates his kids. Doesn't okay. understand. All right. All I, there's right. no other way to say it. There's there, no Ed, chance. Oh, you just got to you just got to say it. Sometimes you you want to beat around the bush, yeah. but you just got to say it. He hates his kids. He hates doesn't Loves like him, him. Loves at him. all. Um who wins the NFC next year? Loves his kids like I love my birds. Oh boy. Uh, How, who wins the <laughs> NFC next year? No? Did I'm you try, lose? I'm, me? No, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking. oh you're just thinking. I'm okay. Thinking. Why not? Why not? Why not go with my team? The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, one off the board. Okay, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't hate it. I think you got Green Bay, Why LA, not? Tampa, Dallas. Not not terrible, even though it's the Cowboys and they seem to fail every year. But the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Eh, no, they're going to lose to the Why Packers not? in the NFC title game.